crybabies that cry real tears, plus familiar favorites like Furby, Ninja Turtles, and Elmo. Toys that millennial parents played with and are now buying for their kids. Barbie also expected to be a hot seller this year. I, I don't know why I cringed when I heard babies that cry real tears. <laughs> what do you mean, like, well, real tears? Yeah, that's yeah. not my idea of a toy. Not a toy, we'll say, personal experience right now. Not <laughs> that something that nerve. I would find entertaining for a toy. Greg Hill, producer of the program, and also new dad. So you're not interested in that toy? No, I got my own. Thanks. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Just about 7-12 on this Monday morning. We've talked about the actor's strike now effectively over Adam had the story in the top of the hour news what, just after 6 o'clock this morning. Folks anxious to see, okay, when do our favorite shows actually start returning? We had uh, Milwaukee.com's Matt Miller talking about that. It's going to be a minute like because there's a lag. There's this gap between, okay, getting back to work and then actually producing the things that we want to watch. Yeah, especially if you've never – I've never seen, obviously, the work that goes on in person, but just watching documentaries and – Hearing from directors, producers, even before the strike, I mean, it's a chore putting together some of your favorite shows in the best of times. May not be until 2025 until we see that final season of Stranger Things on Netflix. Those kids are going to be grandparents. Yeah. (laughs) Interestingly. Didn't Millie Bobby Brown get married? Is she not married now? I believe so. And she's still supposed to play like a 17-year-old? Weirdly enough, uh, I know one of the big deal breakers in all of this was AI and protection Mm -hmm. against AI. Wouldn't it be interesting if that gets used to de-age no kidding, some right? of the people on the show? Also suggesting that major network shows won't be new until spring of 2024. Some of them will have shortened seasons that could extend until June, as opposed to wrapping up in May, as is typical. But Adam mentioned you know, better pay, residuals, protections against artificial intelligence, some of the things that the actors were looking for, and, and largely seem to get to their satisfaction. We talked about this before, though. For a lot of us, you know, it comes off like Hollywood superstars being greedy. You know, why do they need this stuff? They're all rich beyond our imagination, right? The reality is that most of them are not. Are not. You know, not everybody is Matt Damon. I think we see this with a lot of strikes. I think of 1994 baseball, millionaires versus billionaires. Right, but right, the right. reality was not that every baseball player was making a million dollars. So I've got a buddy. Uh, we've talked about him on the show before. Tosi's classmate of mine, uh, Matt Cody. Matt is a stage actor, but also TV guy. So he has uh, some pretty solid credits here. You've seen him in Blacklist, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Law and Order. He's he's a fine career, no question. Out there in New York, he's making it, but he's not a Hollywood superstar. So when I was in New York earlier this year, and the strike was ongoing, I caught up with Matt, and he talked about things, you know, kind of from his perspective. It's a misrepresentation of the reality. It really is regular, ordinary American folks trying to make a living in what they love to do and what they studied. I mean, the time, the money, the energy, the training, it's just as much as an electrician or whatever. And we want to work and we want to be able to afford a middle-class life, which is getting harder and harder, God knows. Yeah, so that's uh, Matt W. Cody, classmate of mine from Wauwatosa East, out there making it in New York, but hanging on, glad to be back to work. So anxious to see the actors doing their thing, turning out those stories and uh, things that we all escape to. But at least until early next year, it seems we'll be relying on reality TV game shows and things that were able to be produced right away. 
And then, of course, catching up on all the streaming series that you haven't yet watched. Saw Timothy Chalamet <laughs> was on SNL over the weekend. Yeah, he sang a song or something. Did he check in with uh, Telly before he sang, or perhaps the flight attendant? Sports is coming up next. It's sponsored by Holiday Automotive and Highway 23 in Fond du Lac. Holiday Automotive, it's worth the trip. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Another week, another down-to-the-wire contest Sunday afternoon that resulted in, yet again, another loss for Green Bay. The Packers had two cracks in the red zone in the final minutes, but the Pittsburgh defense got interceptions both times as the Steelers hang on for the 23-19 win. Dime package for the Steelers. All around the goal line. Look out, guarding the goal line, and then you better block 90 and 56. One last chance for the Packers. Love throws, end zone, intercepted, and it's over. Casey, it's done. Ah, uh, yes, the story, it's done. The story <laughs> it's of your 2023 done. Packers. Close, but no cigar. I didn't think it was a terrible pass and actually an excellent defensive play. Well, and you had seven defenders in the end zone. I mean, you're not going to probably complete that more, you know, maybe 10% of the time. There's so, a lot of stuff that happened before that that shouldn't have. Well, I mean, he took, <laughs> Jordan Love took him all the way down to the field. He was intercepted twice. In that game and with the loss, despite the Packers winning last week, fall to 3-6 and six on their season. I'm obviously very disappointed. I thought our guys competed and battled hard, and but there are no more victories in this league. And you got to give Pittsburgh a ton of credit. Uh, we were right there at the end of the game and had an opportunity to go win the game and twice. Um, and like many times that we've seen on tape, their defense makes a play. They got two picks to, to kind of close it out. Quarterback Jordan Love took two shots in the end zone, as we heard uh, one of them there. He was picked off both times, the last one coming on that final play. For the Packers, Love was 21 of 40 for 289 yards with those two touchdowns. And despite an overall good day at, at the office, QB1 noticeably frustrated following the team's fifth loss in their last six games. You know, it's very frustrating. Like I said, I mean, we've been put in this situation a, a lot of times, and we have not found a way to win it. So, yeah, it is, it is frustrating, but, you know, we just got to find a way, dig deeper. But it comes down to, you know, so many different plays in the game throughout the course of the game that, you know, just we can execute better and take advantage of some of those situations. And I don't even think we'll put ourselves in this position at the end of the game. But, uh, yeah, we've we got to definitely find a way. Coming up next, the Packers will welcome in the Los Angeles Chargers to Lambeau Field next Sunday. And lastly, to the NBA, where the struggling Bucks will look to rebound tonight in Milwaukee. After dropping their last two games on the road, the Bucks will return home tonight to play host to the Chicago Bulls. That tip-off is set for 7 p.m. with Bucks shoot-around getting underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 6. Coming up, we'll preview the Milwaukee Holiday Lights Festival, which kicks off later this week, 719 on Wisconsin's Morning News. At 723 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Now, not exactly a you know, traditional winter holiday forecast. Not at all. <laughs> 61? Up, you know, we were talking in the studio, Brandon Snyder said, he, he goes, can you believe Thanksgiving is next week? No, no I can't. it's not. It's like, yeah, it's next week. It's a week from Thursday. I suppose falling a little bit earlier on the calendar than sometimes it does, but uh, that's sneaking up on you. you got the Milwaukee Holiday Lights Festival kicking off later this week. They officially flipped the switch on that festive event Thursday, it begins a, sort of a months-long holiday celebration in the city. So this is the one. There, there are a couple of different things that happen. 
you've got the Holiday Lights Festival, which is in several parks in downtown Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So you got uh, Pear Marquette Park that's right there on the river. That's the one with like all the yellow lights. Love those lights. All, like multicolored, right? The kids really love that one. Well, and apparently me too. <laughs> and Adam Roberts. Uh, then you have the, the Christmas trees that are all set up in Cathedral Square Park. That is happening as well. And then what's the third park? There's another park that's... Oh, uh, is it uh, Zeidler? Uh, yes. And then there's also the third ward Christmas tree as well. My fiance actually works at Skylight and was texting me, why are they loading a Christmas tree or are they loading a tree into the middle of Catalano Park? And I said, that's probably a Christmas tree, hon. So, right. right. A lot of things going on. And then you light up all of downtown in the weeks ahead. Beth Wirick is CEO of Milwaukee Downtown. She is in the studio with us this morning. Busy week ahead. Good morning, Beth. Merry morning. Christmas, I guess. Um, Merry Christmas. Well, happy Thanksgiving, too, right? right? How about yeah. the yeah. Jump yeah. the gun. Yeah. Temperatures right. in the mid-60s in the mid through the week, which, you know, isn't exactly winter festive, but you'll take it, right? Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. We're outside an, an awful lot this week, so I don't mind warming the bones a little bit. So we've seen uh, some of the decorations going up already. Let's talk first about what happens on Thursday. That's the holiday light celebration. You sort of flip the switch Thursday. Where's the big party on Thursday? So this is the 25th anniversary of the Milwaukee holiday lights. Uh, and this Thursday is the kickoff extravaganza, which extravaganza. will be the kickoff okay. extravaganza. Yes, of course. And that will be at Pear Marquette Park. And we'll start at 530 with Kids Boogie Down. So that's going to be a lot of fun for the kids. And uh, then we go into a pre-show at 6 and then a live televised show at 630. And we'll have Kinsella dancers. We'll have the UWM acapella group uh, public hearing. We will have Jenny Thiel, Donna Woodall, Christopher's Project, Nate Ramos and Friends, DJ Lolo, of course, Fireworks and Santa. <laughs> so that's different from the city Christmas tree, which is now at Deer District, right? Yes. And that, we're going to turn the lights on on that, what, Friday? On Friday the 17th, yes. So we've got lots of activities and events going on in the city for families. I think something cool, too, is you're doing the Jingle Bus again this year. I think when you first kicked that off, which was a while ago, I, I rode that thing, and it was super fun. What I like about it is it gives you a chance to you know, have a cup of hot chocolate or whatever. You have the kids, and then you don't have to worry about driving and right. being distracted by light. You just right. get on the bus and enjoy. Yeah, well, we've got three parks and, of course, all the street decor in downtown Milwaukee. And the greatest way to see it all is just park at the avenue uh, for $3 and then hop on the Jingle Bus. It's a 40-minute narrated tour for only $5 per person. We'll have activity guides and coloring books and blinking necklaces for the kids and candy canes. And this year, we're asking everybody to catch the Jingle Bus on the uh, west side of the build. I beg your pardon, the south side of the building. So right in front of Courtyard by Marriott in the 300 block of West Michigan Street. When people talk to you about what they love about Milwaukee, downtown in the holiday season what what do they say most um well usually it's dining week followed by holiday lights festival <laughs> right okay well you gotta you know, get some to eat and people love the historic buildings they love the accessibility to the water the river walk yeah. the lakefront and i think this time of year really just highlights with all the decor just what a beautiful beautiful downtown we have in our built environment best place to find all the information on the holiday goings on is milwaukeeholidaylights.com Beth Weirich is CEO of Milwaukee Downtown. Merry Christmas then, Beth. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Later this morning, the Chicago Cubs will introduce Craig Council as their new manager. What's it mean for the Brewers? There is some news on that front. Brendan Snyde has sports at 745.
A new study appearing to show a link between an everyday fruit and the fight against dementia. CBS's Vicki Barker. 30 overweight middle-aged adults volunteered for the University of Cincinnati study. Half consumed a freeze-dried strawberry powder every day. Unbeknownst to them, the control group got an inert powder. After 12 weeks, those on the strawberry powder reported fewer symptoms of depression or dementia. That study appearing in Swiss-based journal Nutrients. I don't think we should be sending people to the grocery store to buy a bunch of strawberries, obviously, in this situation. Strawberries are tasty. They're very delicious. I love strawberries. (laughs) Uh, The the fight against dementia, it it really is one of those illnesses that does impact everyone, whether it's you or someone you love. I know we're going through it in my family right now with one of my loved ones, and you just hope for something. And it just seems like one of those illnesses that over the years, we've gotten close, but no cigar. A lot of progress, right? Things that have made things better, but... Not exactly a panacea at any point yet. Right. This news brought to you by Steinhoffels. Visit them at steinhoffels.com. Ten forty-two, Wisconsin's morning news this Monday morning. I want to tease ahead to a couple of things that we're doing in the 8 o'clock hour. I'm excited to be joined by Mark Shapiro, President and CEO of the Harry and Rose Sampson Family Jewish Community Center. Mark and other Jews from Milwaukee are leading a delegation to Washington tomorrow. They will be participating in the March for Israel, and hundreds of thousands are expected on the mall in Washington, D.C. I've asked Mark to come in for two reasons. Number one, to talk about uh, the folks from Milwaukee and southeast Wisconsin who will be attending this rally, and then also... Uh, to talk about the fact that I will also be going to Washington, D.C. to cover that event. Yeah, you play a role in all of this, and uh, it's going to be a busy day for you tomorrow, to say the least. Well, and I want to define for people what what my objective is in going on this trip. And Mark extended a, a seat on the chartered plane uh, to me to go, and Mark and I talked through it. He said, you are going as a journalist. You're not wearing the T-shirt. You're not going to march. I understand that. You are free to report what you see free to talk to people and ask them the questions that you want to ask them. So um, it was something that Mark and I worked through um, because we have worked together for any number of years on various projects over the JCC. So Mark extended uh, what he called a press corps seat to me to go along and to observe and to be live on WTMJ through the day tomorrow, hopefully, depending on cell availability and how that all works. As I said, they are expecting hundreds of thousands on the mall in Washington. So Mark is going to join us in studio just after the top of the hour news. So about 8.10 or so, we'll work through that with him. And then also local comic, Doby Maxwell, friend of the program, really good guy, super funny. And he's got a show coming up that's going to celebrate his 40th anniversary in the comedy scene. 40 years in comedy. Right. You know, we just had a pretty big comic come by a uh, little old Milwaukee couple days ago. Oh, Adam Sandler was That's in right. town, yeah. Hung out with Fonzie. <laughs> he did. He did a bit with Fonzie, the bronze Fonz there on the river. So we'll talk to Dobie at about 20 minutes before 9 o'clock. Big hour ahead. Brandon Snide has sports coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Green Bay Packers falling to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday afternoon by a final score of 23-19. to Jordan Love and the Packers with a chance to win the game with three seconds remaining on the 16-yard line of the Steelers. Instead of walking out victorious, Love was picked off at the goal line to end the game. Dime package for the Steelers. 
all around the goal line. Look at him guarding the goal line, and then you better block 90 and 56. One last chance for the Packers. Love throws, end zone, intercepted, and it's over. Casey, it's done. The call there on CBS says Love finished the day with 289 yards, two touchdowns, but he did have those two interceptions. QB1, despite the loss, talking about the positives he took away from the loss in Pittsburgh. Pass pro was awesome today. Um, you know, they have two really good edge rushers right there, and I think we did a really good job against them. Um, I think receivers, you know, seeing coverage, recognizing coverage, and uh, getting to the right spot, they did a really good job of that. And then obviously making some plays out there. Um, and I think our run game has been good, you know. Um, and so. Just, I think just making those positive plays early on, uh, putting some points up early is the growth. Um, but obviously, you know, finishing the game is where we need to get to. There was some positives in that game. It was the first uh, touchdown the Packers scored in the first half since that week one Chicago win. Head coach Matt LaFleur speaking post-game on the play from his quarterback. He put us in position to win the game. We had an opportunity there. I thought, you know, when we, moved, when we checked the ball down to Aaron Jones, I thought there was an opportunity to get out of bounds right there, and we didn't. And that was critical because that wasted a ton of time. But I did think he made a couple plays, a couple throws to put us in position to have a shot, to at least take a shot at the end zone. Next up for the 3-6 and six Packers is a Week 11 matchup against the L.A. Chargers at Lambeau Field. Over to the NBA where the struggling 5-4 and four Milwaukee Bucks will look to rebound tonight after dropping their last two games on the road. The Bucks will return home tonight to play host to the Chicago Bulls. Tip-off time is set for 7 p.m. with Bucks shoot-around getting underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 6. And lastly, the Chicago Cubs will officially introduce their new manager in Craig Council this morning. That begins at roughly 10 a.m. The Brewers, on the other hand, they are in, still in search of theirs. The Athletics' Ken Rosenthal has the latest in Milwaukee and why you shouldn't rule out a rebuild in the Brew City. Their owner, Mark Atanasio, has always been opposed to a straight rebuild. They haven't done that, and they haven't needed to do that. But here they are. They just lost counsel. And I don't know that one thing has anything to do with the other, but given that you've lost your manager, you have a a certain situation here with a number of players, it's something that they have to look at. All teams listen on all players at all times. If you're the Brewers, you have to be considering all possibilities here, and you have to be considering the direction that I wrote about. If you thought the weekend was tough, Vinny Adam, it uh, today's not going to get any Man. better. Craig Council in a Cubs <laughs> uniform, ten a.m. The Bucks lost, the Badgers lost, the Packers lost, and the Brewers lost. Craig Council. So happy Monday. Are we rebuilding? We should be. So what? But next, I think next year just a wash, so like not even competitive he, rebuilding. Or Ken Rosenthal had you and I talked about it last week. I believe it was Friday. He had another piece out last week that said virtually everybody is on the table in Milwaukee. <laughs> So that tells you probably everything you need to know about where the direction of the 2024 Brewers could go this winter. So what does that mean? Like, just, you just go super young, you bring the kids up from all yeah. of our various levels and why not? highly touted prospects? Yeah, and why not? You know what I mean? Why not? I mean, three, you know, two out of three years, division champions. I think you peaked. Obviously, you lose Craig Council. Now you need to bring in the next manager. And I think, th- I think this will tell us, you know, if they bring in an old seasoned manager where he needs to win now, you know that might be different as opposed to maybe a younger guy who yeah, yeah. who's ready to be here for the long haul. But Mark Tauscher has <laughs> anyway. I don't, should we talk about something else with Tausch? I don't know. We'll, we'll talk amongst ourselves. He joins us next. 
Idea Man. The thing that computers will never overtake is the, well, at least I hope not, uh, the <laughs> human emotion part. Have you listened to this show? Innovative. The only thing is you can take a bat to a computer and you can't really do that. To, so. And Packers Hall of Famer. All of a sudden you're not happy about getting pulled in a game. You could maybe, well, I didn't hear him. AI couldn't verify it. Smash. I'm going up to place. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by your Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Mark Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Sponsored by your southeastern Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Tausch, you had a moment this week, and I was listening to the Badger game. I watched a little of it, but listening to you maybe late in the third quarter. And I don't know what happened. It was maybe another penalty or drop pass or something. But you, you let out a sigh that just went, huh. And I feel like that kind of sums up the weekend. Uh, yeah, it was, um, it, it was, uh, there was probably more than one of those as, uh, you know, you're, you're watching a game and you're kind of hoping you know, the way, the way it started was very blah. And then you kind of thought, all right, they're going to get laid into and you're going to see, uh, you know, some kind of a response and that just never happened. So I think the frustration was pretty high coming into the week. And I really kind of felt like uh, I gave Northwestern a lot of credit because of everything, you know, coaching changes and people leaving, all the stuff that happened. I, I really felt like we'd be okay. But the problem in football is you can't, you can't just snap your fingers and, you know, give a Hollywood speech and just think that everything's going to flip and turn. That obviously isn't the case. And Wisconsin is uh, in its, uh, finding itself in a, in a big-time struggle to score any points, and that uh, that's a hard thing to overcome, and we couldn't overcome it on Saturday. Another Packers lost this Sunday, although I wouldn't say they're the same game because you have been saying that what you're looking for out of this Packers team is growth. Did you see growth on Sunday? I suppose there are a couple of spots where you could say yes. Oh, I so, you know, coming on here, we're doing the show with you guys to the – the problem I've had was that we just – I thought we saw a lot of regression. I didn't think we saw any jumps. And I thought yesterday Jordan Love probably played his best game. I know you can go back to that Bear game, but Pittsburgh on the road, uh, I know their defense isn't probably as great as everybody thought it was just because it's you – know, they, they give up a lot. But I thought some of the throws that Jordan made, the touchdown to Dobbs, uh, the touchdown to Reed, the throw over the middle at the end of the game when he got drilled uh, to set us up in a position to try and score. So the problem is you obviously want to see that. You need to see that, and that was great to do. But at some point, what we have to see is the next step because the NFL, it's a razor's edge as far as winning and losing. and You have to find a way to learn how to win these close games and Jordan has been in it now. This is his fourth time he's had this opportunity. And the good news, he's gotten better. He, you know, I thought one of the big plays yesterday from a growth standpoint, fourth and two, last couple times he's been in this spot, he has really tried to force the issue, and it's been picked. He dumped it off to A.J., and he picked up the first down. And you got, you just have to keep giving yourself a chance. And although it ended up he threw a pick to end the game, you gave your team an opportunity at the end to to win a football game. Now we have to see that you got to get over the hump because the team needs it, and I think Jordan needs it for confidence moving forward. 
Tosh, we talk about growth and progression from love. Let's talk about the opposite, regression with officiating. What in the world <laughs> did they see on Dude. that backwards yeah. pass that was not a backwards Come on, pass? Man. It was such a bad call, and you know I'm never going to be one to sit here and say, well, would, but if you just do the math, uh, you lost by four. A touchdown, I think, is worth six. I don't even want the extra point. We, we got one blocked already. Just the six points that that would have been. And the problem is these officials are taught to not blow it dead. Let it play Mm -hmm. out, and then you can sort it through with the video and everything else. And that was one of those where it was close, but you don't. it's not a judgment call. You could legitimately just see Pickett threw the ball about a yard, maybe even a yard and a quarter behind where it was because it was a little bit of an errant throw too. It was definitely behind the line of scrimmage, and – the Packers, to their credit, played it through. Rashawn ends up picking it up and goes into the end zone. Even if it's just a dead ball and we get the ball where it was fumbled, we would have lived with it. I, I, I don't know how you can miss that call. And then to say, you know, our guy on, on air, Gene, says, well, I, I, you know, it was too close to overturn. No, that's not one of those that was too close. It was fairly obvious to everybody. That was watching. Well, then insult to injury. We lose the timeout because we challenged it. Yes. We didn't win the yeah, challenge. Yeah, it was a real slap. Come on. It was a real kick to the keister. There's no doubt about it. And, <laughs> and, and all of those things, we can look back and say, well, if this would have happened, if this would have happened. But if that actually just would have been called the correct way, I think we're probably looking at this, uh, you know, who knows the entire Packers season in a much different light than now where we're sitting at three and six. It's it's. It, it's tough. It's tough as players and coaches to have to deal with that. We're all hanging in there. Thanks, Tausch. Talk tomorrow. You bet. The house in the